This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Hey everyone, how you doing today? It is Monday morning, and yes, that means we start our weekly expert series with Mr. Greg Dickerson. How you doing, sir? Doing great, Michael. How are you this morning? I'm doing well. So something I've been playing with after the Tony Robbins event I attended the last four days is I've really been kind of looking at the One Rental at a Time story, brand, how, how it grows. And really, it's this channel, right? I've been thinking about the hundreds of self-made or what at least what I call self-made real estate millionaires. And I wanted to talk about the traits, right? I want to talk about three traits that we see. Uh, and the first one I think is kind of doing the work, kind of daily, I call it daily execution, right? They, they always are looking to make themselves a little bit better and do the work. Um, you know, they don't, they don't take days off in the beginning or, you know, they don't do it all on Saturday and then come back next Saturday and, and so on and so forth. So I was curious, what do you think about that? Taking action, you know, get, getting past the fear, daily execution. Where are you at on that idea? Yeah, yeah, all of the above. But, you know, I think, um, you know, we talked about it before we started and I had to think about it for a minute because there's just so many things. Mm -hmm. But I guess initially, first and foremost, you have to have a vision. So that's the first thing. I mean, everything starts there. You got to have a vision. You got to know what it is that you want to do which is the hardest thing in the world for people to figure out, especially today. I was talking to one of my clients earlier today. And, you know, back when you started, back when I started, there wasn't all of this. There wasn't one rental at a time. There wasn't my channel. There wasn't all of the things that are out there. And especially all the little scammers that are trying to sell that silver bullet. Yeah. The one thing you need to know and just sign up for this webinar. I want to give you the one thing that's going to make you more successful or you're going to be able to find. I saw an ad today you know, buy properties for 60, 40 to 60% off market. If you know this one thing and you can do it from home in your, you know, shorts, Pajamas. you don't even have to in your house. Yeah. You know, and all you got to do is sign up, you know, and it's just like, yeah. so there is no one thing. Okay. Yeah. There is no one thing. It, well, there is one thing. Number one, you got to have a vision. Number two, you got to take action. Number three, you got to be positive. Number four, you got to be persistent. You know, persistence above all is the number one key to success at anything, right? It's, it's more important than anything else, than knowledge, skills, ability. Persistence alone is key. And there's lots of quotes around persistence. But, you know, what do I mean by persistence? That means sticking with it, staying at it no matter what. And like you said, that delayed gratification. You may or may not hit the home runs out of the gate. You may or may not be successful right away. The key is to be persistent, to stay after it, to keep going, to keep working towards it. But you got to know what you want to begin with. And that's what's so hard today because there's so much noise out there. Should I go yeah. syndicate apartments? Should I be a developer? Should I flip houses? Should I do subject to, yeah. you know? So the key is have a vision, figure out what it is you want to do, have a number that you're trying to get to uh, if, if retiring yourself and leaving your w W2 is the goal and then work your way backwards from there. Yeah, for me, it is all about daily execution, right? I, I tell my students all the time. And again, I usually speak to full-time employees, right? That's what I was. That's what I know, right? It, it's it's our side hustle, right? Which I didn't even know it was a side hustle 20 years ago mm -hmm. when I started. It was just, you know, it, it was get the next cash flow asset and, and keep moving forward. But it is that daily execution. And something I'm starting to see more and more on 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 YouTube, frankly, 
is a lot of these newer investors have only been doing it three or four years and they caught an up wave, right? You and I have been doing this 20 years, which means we started before the last crash and we, we survived and we learned and we changed. And, 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 and to me, that's all because of daily execution. There's a couple of things that happens when you're in it every day. You can see real estate's not stocks. It, it, it can have violent movements, but it's not in a second, right? It's, it's consumer-based. There's lots of competing elements. There's lending. There's, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's owner-occupants. There's investors. There's you know, different tax treatment. You, know, you got people leaving California because we're raising taxes and they're going here. And there's just so much stuff going on. It doesn't violently move in a second or a day or a week or even a month. So yeah, you, but it can feel like it depending it on what can, you're doing and where you're at. You know, it can seem like overnight, you know, the faucet was shut off. And I remember pre-2009. So again, I started my career in 1997 and I was very heavy in real estate going into 2008 and And prior to that, all I knew was the upcycle. Yeah. That's all I knew because at my age, I didn't, you know, I kind of knew there was a little bit of an issue in the late eighties, early nineties, you know, in the economy and in real estate. Mm -hmm. And I bought my first year round house that I lived in, in 1990. Um, And I remember interest rates were like, you know, um, 10%, we bought a three, two, one buy down so we Mm -hmm. could afford the house uh, where the interest rate was lower the first year. It went up the second year, went up the third year um, so that we could afford it because, you know, it's assumed that your income is going to go up every year. Right. Uh, so that's how we bought our first house. We weren't even qualified for it, but it was one of those loan products because the market was slow and the yeah. developer was trying to move through the inventory uh, in this in this housing development. And uh, it was killer, man. It was a twenty six hundred square foot, two story house with a two car garage. Um, uh, would have two master bedrooms and, um, you know, a couple of shared. Ba- I, I can't remember. It was great on a quarter acre lot, corner lot you know, for 125,000 bucks. Yeah, that wow. was my first house. And, you know, that same house today is like $350,000. Know? <laughs> Score, yeah. Yeah, but anyways, so that's that was my only experience then. And I wasn't an investor at the time. I was still working W-2. I had a little side business, you know, doing stuff as I worked my job back then. This was 1990. And um, so I didn't really know or understand what was going on other than it was a tough time in real estate. Mm-hmm. And then when I got into the business in 97, I started as a handyman remodeling contractor. So I still wasn't real in tune to the real estate market, what was going on and how it worked. But as I started learning and doing things and going along, it was just like now. Everything was super easy because the market was escalating. You could buy something today, sell it for, you know, 20% more tomorrow. That's kind of what's happening now. So you can kind of speculate a little bit. But when we went into the end of 08, into early 09, it literally felt like overnight it just stopped. So it can catch you quick. So you really need to be in tune with interest rates. As interest rates go up, pricing comes down. And I just read a newsletter today, a good friend of mine who's a mortgage banker, mortgage lender, sends out a weekly newsletter talking about rates and this and that and the other. And remember, I said back in the day, it was 5% where that threshold was in the 2008-9 timeframe. Interest rates had come down to where people thought 5% was a bad rate. Anything over five, they didn't want to move. Now it's three. Oh, He's getting, he's getting, you know, buyer remorse or people, you know, with FOMO, they missed out on sub 3% interest rates. So now they're waiting and it's like 3%, 3 3.5%. That's phenomenal. (laughs) Yeah. So already people have been conditioned to think, man, I need to get below 3% because that's where we were. Interesting. Hard to comprehend. And if we get anywhere near 4%, lights out, it will stop overnight. 
Wow. That's, that's, uh, yeah, we're going to have to watch that. Cause I think we've seen the end. I mean, I, Friday I did a report, the average mortgage rate was 303, right? So there's, uh, you know, average, meaning there's some below some, mm -hmm. some above, but yeah, if 3% is the number that turns people off, it, it could, it could slow down for sure. No it is. Question. It's already doing it. And you got to remember who the bulk of the buyers are right now. It's millennials. So it's yep. young people going into their first house mm -hmm. and then it's trade up buyers, which is a lot of what we saw 0809. So mm -hmm. even though the catalyst for this environment is different, the conditions that are, that are setting up a change in the housing market are the same, you know, in terms of interest rates and things like yeah. that, not, not the subprime lending and all that kind of stuff, but just the interest rates and, you know, the credit's not easy. You have to put money down and all that. But again, a 1% move in interest rates is going to affect the value of a property by 10% or more. Yeah. So it really creates a situation where the people that are renting now that are saying, man, it doesn't make sense to rent when I can buy and get the same payment. You get up into the 4% range, that changes. Yeah. It's no longer a wash and it doesn't make any sense. And, you know, people are conditioned just like cars. You know, people that are buying cars right now, everybody's conditioned for 0% interest. Hmm. You know, nobody wants to finance a car at even 1% anymore. Why do that when all you got to do is wait and you'll get 0% interest at some point? Yeah. So again, I, I agree with you. Right? I remember the, the 07, 08, 09 timeframe. And I had some friends that were flipping. I was always buy and hold, right? So I was 30 year debt, find the next one, move on. But they were flipping and they got caught, right? They, they talk about how it just changed overnight. That Like one weekend, they had 30 people come to their open house and the next weekend, zero. It was, it was mm -hmm. that quick. And it will. Um, it will. yeah. Yeah. So, well, we're going to need, we need to watch this, right? You need to be in the market every day and figure this out. Right. And I think the fed's going to do everything they can to keep rates low the rest of this year. I think they can operation twist things of that nature. Maybe they can get the 30 year back under three. I don't know. Uh, but the, it's going to stay under four that much. I feel good about in, in 2021, but we'll, we'll see where it goes from here, but you got to do the work every day. You can't just do it every, every Saturday or every other Thursday. It, it doesn't work that way. In my opinion. Yeah, it's a, it's a steady progression. And again, I always had a side business. I always had every day something on the side that I was doing, working towards my goal. If you're full-time in it, you know, you've got to get in it and get and do it. <clears throat> and for anybody watching, so the number one trait is just to do it, okay? And <clears throat> when I was talking to my client earlier today, we didn't have all the noise. We didn't have all the different things. And we didn't know that we couldn't do what we set out to do. So this is a guy that came to the United States with nothing and started a bunch of restaurants in New York and then built that up. And now he's doing mixed use buildings and I'm kind of coaching him through the development process. And we were just talking about that. And he said, back when he and I 20, 25 years ago and you were at it, you didn't have all of the YouTube, you didn't have all the information. We did not know that we couldn't go build yeah. you know, a business or a company or these things. I, I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to be able to do that without the knowledge training and all that. I just did it. And I just, yeah. we just, you just figure it out yeah. along the way. So the key is, Take the action. Don't procrastinate. Don't be afraid. Just go do it. And here's what's going to change the life of everybody watching. Here's how you can change your life today. If there's something that you want to do, if you have a goal, if you have an aspiration, if there's something you want to do and you haven't been doing it, you've been putting it off, I want you to write down, number one, what that is. If there's something that you've been wanting to do that you haven't started yet or that you're afraid to do, write down what that is. And just pick one or two things. And it could be any area of your life or business. I don't care what it is. Write that down. And then right next to it, I want you to write down what not doing that is costing you. What is it stopping you from being, doing, feeling, achieving, having? And then next to that, I want you to write down what is costing your family. 
So mm. if you're in a position where you're trying to do something for yourself and your family, write down what it's costing you, then write down what it's costing your family. And then on the other side, I want you to write fear. Okay. So you got four columns now. All right. And on that fear column, I want you to write down, what are you more afraid of? Taking that step and starting or the other two things that you just listed that is costing you and your family? Because that's what you should be scared to death of is not taking care of yourself and your family, not what it is you're afraid of. Well, with that, folks, I could not imagine a better way to end. Thank you very much, Greg.